0: this is space cats peace turtles the unofficial podcast for fantasy flights twilight imperium episode 79 tournament wrap-up music by ben prunty featuring matt martins and hunter donaldson Guys, I played a whole game of Twilight Imperium today. Yeah, now let's hear to Make let's, me.
1: No, let's go ahead and hear about your dumb game. No, first. it's not dumb. Let's, I played let's lead I off played dumb game.
0: Can I can I First off, I played as Jada Pikes fashion. Faction. Uh, it's fashion. The savages of His senior. fashion. I played with Jada Pikes fashion. Did you wear uh, his jeans or just his t-shirt? I wore, mm-hmm. he wears Belvedere's. Uh, I don't even know what that word is. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> anyway, did you say? I said Belvedere. <laughs> what is that? What? what
1: is a Belvedere? What do you mean by stru- that?
0: It's a piece of structure. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Let's get it. Stop it. Leave me alone uh oh it's I like played...
1: those it's like those windows yeah that, uh, yeah those sure. arches
0: and that's what i wore hey i played as the savages of Semia today in a game uh i don't know if it's gonna get posted to youtube it's on our twitch it's gonna be in a lot of components we had some weird issues we're trying to work out with our we tried to do a um secret conversation room today mm-hmm. and the camera we were trying to do it on was glitching out really bad in ah. ways that like i don't even understand and I haven't been able to figure out what's wrong with it. So, well, anyways. I
1: want to say what was cool about that, though. It, it, you had a green screen set up, and it was very cool. It was, cool. Like it was awesome if it In worked. space art,
0: in outer space. It would have been awesome if it worked the whole time, and yeah. it didn't. So, that's well. that's something to figure out. It's okay, though. Um, but no, I played as the Savages. I, I think it'd be cool to do. So, Jada Paik is planning to release those here pretty soon, actually. Uh, last he said was May 1st. I'm not going to hold him to that. I have no idea if they're going to release next week or not. Um, but he was planning on, like, officially releasing them, um, kind of like, you know, what is, once he's finished this beta testing, he's he's sent it out to a bunch of people, people have been trying it, and sending him notes. Um, but I think they're pretty tight, uh, mm-hmm. as far as, like, design. They're, they're not great, they're not a good faction, and that was by design. He didn't want to make this overpowered faction, and I think that's how people should approach uh, making factions, is don't just make a faction that you think is awesome. That's kind right. of... Anyways, uh, but they're cool. They, they manipulate the discard pile of action cards, and the one ability I didn't really use and was a big mistake to, but also it costs command counters, and I didn't... Or no, it cost, it cost two action cards to basically signal jam someone. Mm-hmm uh, for them at any time. And there was one moment where I really should have done it and forgot it was an ability. Cause you know, I'm just, it's the first time I've ever played this faction that we haven't ever talked about or done anything with. And I'm pretty bad about that anyways. I just like forget to do certain abilities when I'm playing with a faction. I kind of play every fan action, every faction as though it's a vanilla faction. Mm-hmm. And then like halfway through the game, remember like, Oh, there's specific abilities I need to be leaning into more. Sure. Um, so at one point Arborek, <laughs> Arborec got War Suns round two in this game. And then in round four, he moved adjacent to my home system and then built a War Sun, and I could have locked him off from ever even moving into that system and did it. So I would love to play them again. They're good. I'm glad I have them. I have like a physical copy of them. I'll definitely play them again. If In my mind, I have 18 factions now, so I can deal three factions to six people. Mm. That's even. cool. And I'm, That's just, nice. I just, I'm just counting them as a faction. If Jotapake releases updates, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get a, a new print off of him, but I don't think he needs to adjust them at all. And. Uh, that's that's me publicly saying, Jada, I think your faction's great, and you should you should move forward with
1: it. Can I say um, what yeah. the other hook of the faction is? Just so, just yeah, so yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, It's I think more more the obvious like lead hook is that their infantry uh, are not a yeah. two for one. You don't get two infantry for yeah. one resource. You only get one for one. But their infantry hit like a truck. They hit yeah. for five.
0: And I I did try to lean into that a little bit there. I had one instance where I was doing. I was invading someone else's planet and it was a one V one and you can kinda lean into that, which I did. I said, you know what, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do two I had two infantry and two planets I can invade, each with one infantry on it and it was like, Well, the normal safe thing to do would be send two against one and just forget about the other But I was like, you know what, let's see what these savages can do. Let's do two separate one V ones and I won both of them.
2: Wow. So Did you ever get a chance to build that flagship?
0: No, I didn't. It would have been cool too. I just never had. I was. I had a horrible pie slice. I never had enough money. the The flagship um, gives their ground forces in that system sustained damage. So Ooh. then they then they're like full on mechanized units from Ti3. If you know anything about Ti3 mechanized units, hit on a five. If you upgrade them, they hit on a four. If you upgrade them, they cannot be shot at with PDS defense. So when they're invading a planet, you can't shoot at them with PDS. That's pretty awesome. But they don't have the reroll ability, so they don't don't revive and go back to your home, which is even more difficult because there's just no, like, you get ground forces really slow. So I tried to lean into it really hard of, like, every time I built my home system, I built at least one ground force. Because yeah, otherwise, there's there's no way to quickly get more. So it was like you need to just all, you need to be steady with it and always be producing them. So I tried to do that. I did okay. I ended tied for a second or whatever. It was a weird game, anyways. No one dealt with a sorrel, and a sorrel just ran away with it. That was EJ. So. Weird game, but I, I felt good about them as a faction in the network of factions. I think they fit in great, and uh, I I think everyone should consider them the 18th faction of TI. Yeah, so. that sounds great. Right.
1: Uh, and congrats to EJ for finally locking it up. You know, finally winning a game. Finally winning <laughs> a game. That guy, he gets close every time. Never really locked it up before. Um, what? what are we, what are are we, talking, we talking
0: about, about? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Wow, we were on the same exact page where synchronicity. Well, well uh,
1: my, let's let my question be the one that landed, and then you answer me, even though we no, both know. No, I think we,
0: we both, both asked know. it. We both asked it, which means Alec has to answer the question. Oh, okay, yes, Alec. Because Alec is here, and we haven't even introduced Oh, yeah, him. that's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been sitting here giggling a bit. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm present and accounted for and today we're going to talk about the tournament as a whole, uh, yeah. our thoughts and feelings about it and our thoughts and feelings about tournaments going forward.
0: In general, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. So let's let's dig in first. So for the very first, we're not going to talk about like specific games. We have done plenty of that over the past 3 months like yeah. digging into specific games. Yeah. So th- a lot of this is going to be very general, but more importantly, I think what we're going to talk about is how we Feel about tournaments now that we've done a very big one, um, and and where we think the place of tournaments um, stand in mm-hmm. the community. Um, but so first thing, let's let's just get some stuff out of the way. What were your guys' biggest surprises from the tournament? Just like just beha- player yeah. behavior or things like that. What what are your guys' biggest takeaways of surprising things you didn't expect?
2: So I was I was super vocal right at the very start uh, that I I didn't think. The speaker token would get sold a lot, and I don't know how common this is in people's like own little friendly metas or whatever. But uh-huh. on on tabletop simulator, at least, uh, the speaker token gets sold to the player to your left a lot. You're right. Like, yes. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. I play so a Ti a lot, guys. I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it happens like a lot until for the first you know four rounds until it starts yeah. really mattering. becomes very important. Yeah, uh, and I I thought that. The competitive nature of the tournament and the fact that you can't, like, part of that deal is always uh, that the person who played the politics and gave the speaker token away would still get default first to, get, to get yeah. first pick. And, like, yeah. that's not, there's no way to make that a binding deal. And yeah. I just, I thought that no one would risk that. And I yeah. thought that if that and, happened, and, it would get broken. And that just never happened. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. It's funny to me, too, because I have that same mentality of even if I do the deal, like I'll try to buy speaker token, but I never make a promise that I'll give them first pick. It just doesn't even seem worth it to do that. Like mm-hmm. I just I if we're going to talk about strategy cards, let's talk about when the strategy cards are getting picked. But I'm not going to I'm not going to like leave myself open to feeling like you've I've backstabbed you or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That happened a lo- like a lot, a lot. Sometimes yeah. I feel like there were a number of instances where there weren't there wasn't even anything just like traded it was just like sure i'll give it to you as long as you still give me first pick which is like yeah, so why are you even giving it to yeah, him i don't that, get it that's like crazy right to me. um but yeah it did it it happened a lot
1: yeah it's a um, weird deal because you you it's non-binding and you're giving away leverage basically that yeah. you have on other players um, right I think it's what's, it's not so surprising that it was happening a lot because I think it's very, I feel like it's very common in TTS culture. Although I might be just saying, pulling that out of my butt. No, you're totally right. Yeah. So, but what I, what I was surprised is that people did not um, use that leverage too often. Most of the time, these, uh, these speaker token deals, uh, they stayed pretty solid outside of a few instances that we kind of. You know, sang about him every remember. single time right. it happened.
0: Well, like just like Schroeder, Schroeder was like the main person in the tournament, right? Who and he didn't who, even
1: break it. He just like no, he didn't break deal. it, but he exactly
0: he would come in and go. Well, we need to re talk about this. Which is like, why did you even say it in the first place that you would di- like that? That's kind of my point. Is like, why even say you're gonna give them first pick? Like, it doesn't.
1: Well, for I mean, for Schroeder, what I would say is that he went from being last pick to having the speaker token, and then from then on has all the leverage as far as this ongoing right. nebulous deal. You know, for him, right. it's great play. For that, whoever- I, I sold it to him it's like well i don't know
0: yeah that's the problem is if if you're selling it you need to get something actually out of it and not yeah. just like let someone have it and, know, and that, the other thing to weird.
2: consider is the agenda phase the speaker yeah. token has the speaker has a lot of power in the yeah, agenda phase for sure uh, not just breaking ties but also voting last is yep. a huge thing because you you're more likely to be able to sell your votes or buy the votes that you need uh can agenda to go your way and also there are certain agendas where voting first is terrible and voting last is best like mutiny and uh the action card one whatever that's called Um, if you're first you just can't vote on those yeah right yeah
0: well uh my most surprising thing was that i'm i'm surprised but also it does make sense it's not like i think it's crazy or bad that people did this but people played a lot safer than I expected they would. Mm-hmm. I thought kind of that the tournament setting would lead people to, I gotta I gotta risk it and really try to pull off this victory and it's being recorded. So like, you know, I, I thought people would would want that that pride of pulling off a big maneuver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And almost every time we saw people not push for a victory point when it would leave them in a dangerous position yep. and they would rather not score the points and hope that they're in a good position next round to still be able to win. Yeah. I mean, almost every single game that happened where people yep. would, we thought they could win one round, yeah. they didn't. They didn't yeah. even push for it. They didn't even try. They they took the safest path possible every time. And it does. I mean, it does make sense and it works and it's fine. I just was really expecting people to to be kind of a little bit more cutthroat and a little bit more risky yeah. uh, because. Uh, you know, there's a tournament on the line. So, but I, I guess tournament on the line means I'm not going to give up any positional advantages that I already have in favor of maybe score like maybe winning this round. I would rather have a definite approach next round. Or right? Whatever.
1: If it's if it's like a tortoise and the hare situation, I think the overall feeling of the community was much more tortoise. Than yeah, it was for it's sure. Play steady and slow.
2: Basically. Ironic, given how uh,
1: the extra performed Uh (laughs) Uh uh-huh that was that was intentional
2: (laughs) i i also
1: feel like a part of that overall if we're talking about the entire tournament uh i feel like what might be influencing that uh perception we have of the community is that prelims map um yeah because we got you know what 18 games in right off the bat that was on a on a map that was definitely set up for that type of Play. i think it's definitely sure. smarter to play on the prelims map uh safe and slow because yeah. you got most of the things necessary to accomplish a lot of objectives just in your slice so if you're yeah. swinging you might ruin your slice which is the be- the worst thing you could do on that map basically
0: yeah for sure yeah I, and, and that's that's an interesting point and I, I, we're going to talk more about like the maps in general here in a, in a bit but i do think it's interesting to talk about how i mean 18 out of 25 of these games were on one map. And so it's hard to talk about the tournament at large versus just the prelims because most of the tournament is the prelims. Mm-hmm. The, the semis and the finals almost are this completely separate entity that are just seven games that were just like this other thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, when we talk about the prelims, we certainly reinforced the idea of playing safely. Right. Um, and, and the... It seemed like a lot of players had an issue shifting into the semis, where the semis map was a very yeah. mean map. I mean, a lot of people just straight up didn't like the semis map. They think it's yeah. a bad map, yeah. and that yeah. that's fine. I don't. I just I don't care. It it is what it is. Um, but I, I do think part of that is because we at, all the players in the community sat there and thought about that prelims map for like two months, and then completely changed you know, direction of how, how they were supposed to, to do things. I
1: think any shift was going to be kind of... Yes. Eh. Um, yeah. But, like, the fact that it is the... Of all the maps that, that came out of the tournament that is the most cutthroat one is the semis. Um, yeah. I think just... And you know what? Whatever. I think, I think like...
0: Well, because that the, the other thing, too, is, like, that round is the one where you have a safety net anyways. So, for right. me, it's like, I don't yeah. care that it's, like, this horribly cutthroat. Th- there's other arguments of, like, that, that, what is it? Ar- Arby's is a weaker slice, which I still, I, it's weird to me that Arby's is considered so much worse than all the other slices. I don't know. Maybe I'm not as analytical as other people. But I don't see why Arby's is that much worse, but regardless, I don't want to get too much into just like the specifics of each map. Right. But the fact that, I, I don't know, I just think that map you had to, that was the map I really wanted to encourage you to like go for broke. And if, and because, because if you, if you go for broke and win, you get to go to the finals, and if you don't, it's okay. You're gonna just go to the knockout. It's not a big deal. What's yeah. everybody?
1: So I, uh, just to take a quick poll of the three of us, what's everybody's favorite map that that we did?
0: Um, the finals for me. I I, yeah. put a, I just put so much thought and energy into that finals map. It's the first idea I had for any of these maps. Mm-hmm. It's the idea I was most committed to making work. And it's my favorite. it it's a map that encourages my favorite kind of game. Yeah. Which is some players are trying to do this, some players are trying to do this other thing. Like there's different competing approaches to the game, and that's what I want to see. Uh, yeah, so I, that's, I, I like that's that map by lot. far my favorite. Yep.
1: I think uh, that I think the finals map is the best map for our purposes of like yeah. let's have a competitive whatever like, you know it, it's it's the most tournament feeling map, I feel yeah. like, of all of them. But I really liked uh, the prelims map as I a think casual the, game map, yep, basically. I think the
0: prelims map has the most lasting appeal. Yeah, and absolutely. and certainly that was by design as well, too, right? I mean, the, the idea that that prelims map, we already knew it was going to get played by 18 different games with players who hadn't been vetted through yeah. the tournament yet. Like, we knew that that was the more casual map. And if anything, too, it it is to our advantage. We went into this tournament knowing, like... This is just a great opportunity to collect some stats. We're going to talk about stats here in a little bit. But, but just in general, we we knew that this was a good opportunity to collect stats. And a map that would continue to get played by many people seemed but like the best I, one to try to get 108 people to
1: play. For sure. yeah, that, that was I, I, certainly I still, intentional.
2: I still see people playing that map on, on Discord. Yep. And, and if I for have sure. to like teach people in person this game yep. and just want to have a preset map so that I don't have to worry about the whole map building yep. aspect of it this the, the prelims map is the map I would use every time
0: yep yep if it, I'm not saying I'm a we're, we are better designers than the people who made TI I'm I, no way would I ever suggest that right but I will always recommend our prelims map over anything in the uh, TI like booklet like the, yeah. the preset maps and that are I mean, in there maybe the prelim to me the prelims map is like you just said root that is the map i want to send beginners because it's like hey you're gonna have a comfortable game yeah. you're not gonna nothing crazy is gonna happen that completely mm-hmm. upset. you're gonna be able to learn the game on this map yeah and that's yeah i think the prelims map will stand the test of time i just know that the finals map is the one i most want to continue to play on
1: maybe we should start a campaign to get the prelims map into the TI booklet? What do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think yeah, about... Yeah, that'll work out great. Hashtag... Be... <laughs> Why, what would the hashtag for that movement be? Um... there's not a good one. Hashtag there's... prelim... <laughs> okay, well, it'll just be really long. It'll be like, hashtag, hey, Dane, What's please the... <laughs> let the prelims map from the SCPT tournament be the new TI booklet map. That's the hashtag. Hashtag, go. hey, yeah. Dane, please let the TI the Space Cats Peace Turtles Patreon tournament prelims map be the new yeah. pre map in the, bu- uh, sorry, wait, uh, uh, what is in it? the booklet.
2: and Hey, so type all that out. The great <laughs> thing is Twitter doesn't uh, limit you to only 140 characters anymore, so you can get yeah, all that. Yeah, we can finally
0: fit it. That's true. Hey. Can we talk about the draft some? Um, uh, I, we talked about the maps. So there's, oh, there's one more
2: little aspect that we didn't quite touch on about things that I, I thought were surprising. And, oh and sure, it, it kinda, yeah, yeah. It, It's sort of similar to people playing very safe, but people were also very friendly in this tournament. Yeah, they were sweet. Um, yeah, by and large, which is great. I mean, yeah, I love it. it. I, it's
0: it's the thing I'm surprised by. That is was the best. Was it ba- great?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if it was great, Matt. I don't know. I I think I I wanted more blood. I think I would have had more blood. Well,
0: okay. I'll will put it this way. I'm glad there weren't any games that ended awkwardly. Oh, Because that's a good point. of hurt feelings. Well, I'm well glad. there was one I'm game glad...
1: that ended awkwardly. Matt, you you do know <laughs> about the one game that did end awkwardly. <laughs>
0: but, I'm, but I wasn't there, so it's not my problem.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, but but almost every game, like, was was even when someone won. It was applause and congratulations for yeah, that that's player. True. Which that's was true. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What what a community hat we have where we can have this tournament where people when when this tournament ends people are just like wow they played great I'm glad they won and whatever we're moving like there just wasn't there was nothing bad about it I think I think yeah. that friendly aspect was something I definitely agree I did not expect I mm-hmm. thought there would be some people that would really be cutthroat and like break deals in like the most just yeah and, worst and like ways
2: and i totally get playing friendly and being friendly and not breaking deals when you're playing with your friends or even in the TTS community because like you, your your reputation and and your yeah. your friendliness is something that you that's important right like you need to take right. that into consideration right. when you make those choices but in a tournament a it's it's competitive and b yep. at the end of the day i don't think anyone's really going to hold it against you as much as they would in a casual game very true deal right cuz like yeah yep. because it's more competitive it's more okay to be more cutthroat
1: yeah
0: yeah i mean even in that game 18 of the prelims where the support for the throne thing happened like the player that gave that support for the throne away uh, it's not like everyone hates that person. You know what I mean. Yeah, it's not no. like people just lambast that person on the Discord. Or yeah. there's there's not really hurt feelings. It's just kind of like it was a tournament. Like what what do you want out of it? I don't. I'm
1: glad I, we yeah. got at least one honestly uh, Yeah. See that's the thing. Can it's we like, can we
0: talk about that? Okay. I I do want to bring up in this same discussion the fact that we had I feel like every primary controversial thing you can have in a TI game that happened in this tournament. <laughs>
1: Sure. And like at least once, but at least once. it wasn't, it wasn't like, it's not like people were there. There were, we at least had examples of like people betraying deals. Yep. Um, we had an example of the support for the throne. win. like yep. all of those controversial topics of TI, they did appear, but it would just be like the one example. And mostly we yep. got over a hundred people together on the internet To be very sweet and good sports to each other, basically, which is kind of crazy. I mean, like, there's not a lot of communities on the internet where you could get 100 people together and them not all mostly be turds. Right,
0: so. and that doesn't even happen on the TTS community. Like on TTS, <laughs> true. There are That's numerous true. people who talk about, like, oh, I'll never play with so-and-so ever again. And right. it's like, and, <laughs> and yet I feel like we had, yeah, I, I can't think of anyone in the tournament where people are like, oh, we'll never play with, well, they're blacklisted from the community because right. they did this behavior. It's like, no, nobody, everyone will play with anyone that was in that tournament.
2: Yep. Yeah, and, and several people who play games together are is, we have, we know of at least one game where they like immediately scheduled another game right. with each other. Yeah. One of the semis
0: know. game semis. I think it was semis. One of the semis games that like the next weekend or like three days later, they all played a game together again. That's yeah. like my favorite and, thing. And that I, happened. And I think I tournament. saw the
2: finalists talking about getting together to play again. Too. Yeah.
0: Well, they're not al- they're not allowed to play a game together unless we are streaming it. Say yeah, that. actually, no, uh, they can't
1: play together because the, that the, if somebody else wins, then that delegitimizes our finalists. So, no, Nine yeah. of Spades, you're under contract, buddy. You can't be just yeah. playing games. You don't get to be in that game. Yeah, you you got to retire from Twilight Imperium now. Like, you can't just play for like, It's
0: like being Miss Universe. You work for us now. Yeah, <laughs> you got to hit the circuit. We're we're putting you on the circuit. Hey, let's talk about the draft. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the draft in general. Mm-hmm. So the draft was really a convoluted thing. I don't think it was ever controversial. I think people were kind of like, "Yeah, the draft is fine." Um, but I do want to make special mention of the draft never did what I what I wanted it to do. Meaning, I think the draft was good, and I'm I'm glad our tournament did it. I don't think we'll ever do it again. Not even because I think it's bad. I continue to say this. I just think every tournament should try a new approach. Do something different. Shake mm-hmm. it up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, don't, I just don't think there's a... I don't think there is one way that TI should be set up in the in the faction picking phase and map building. Yeah. And so I just want every tournament to do it differently. Um, so for our method that we tried with this singular tournament, uh, I'm surprised people didn't play it as cooperatively as I expected they would. So I have a question uh, for you, Matt, about
2: that. Yeah. Um, in many of the games you like the the moderation starts right away right with Mm -hmm. sitting people down telling people what order they're going to be doing everything in and Mm -hmm. you deal out the races and you tell people that they can take time to talk about it if they want Yep. but also i i noticed that several times you 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 did kind of like tell people okay Put up, put out your bands or is everyone ready? Like mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. there, there were, well, I, uh, do you think that there wasn't as much talk about it because you didn't just let them decide when to, st- when to start the next part of the, the draft? You kind of,
0: I mean, I hope not that it was never my intent to rush the draft along. Uh, I, what it I, came I think down sometimes to is, it
1: just had to happen though, because sometimes yeah, it was like, people aren't talking start time yeah, or yeah, where yeah. we were at.
0: yeah Yeah. depending on our time depending on how much time we had in some of the games Mm -hmm. but more importantly it was just like read the room you know if people aren't talking about it i can't i'm not gonna just (laughs) sit here for five (laughs) minutes and wait for people to ban a faction like let's move it along if no one's gonna because there were games where people immediately started talking it was like ooh, okay let's sit back let's let them do it let's let's see this through but but there were plenty of games where no one was really taking the bait and i have to move it along so yeah it was never my intent to moderate people through the draft to not talk about it um, and in fact if anything I would say I tried to encourage it because early on I didn't say things like feel free to talk through this mm-hmm. I think people weren't exactly sure how to think about the draft so in our yeah. first few prelims games people didn't talk about it at all just they just started doing it and I was like no I want you to be talking about it so I that was me kind of like cheating the system a little bit to be like at the beginning hey feel free to talk about it sure. and then I just sat back and, and hoped they would if they didn't all right I'll step back in and I'll and I'll moderate but I, I do think my goal was for people to I, I think it is a misplay with the draft to not talk to everybody the whole time I think the draft should actually take a decent amount of time because you aren't guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed a slice. You're not guaranteed a faction. So you need to make sure that there is a faction for every slice. That's my opinion. I think if you're doing the, if you're doing the draft, your goal should be that everyone puts in a faction that's going to fit into a slice. If, if anything, like you should be starting to pre-assign them. That was especially my thought process with the finals map where there are three types of... There there are two sets of slices, right? There are sli- three aggressive slices and three defensive slices. And for me, it was all about, like, the players need to make sure there are three aggressive factions and three defensive factions in the game. So that to needs that. to be so, a part of the thought process. And the fact that that didn't quite come to fruition like I hoped it would is just proof that, like, that's just not... Especially in a competitive game. It's a competitive game. We're not going to play cooperatively. I think the draft might work better in casual games than yeah, it I, does in the tournament.
2: I think that part of the reason that didn't happen to the degree you wanted might be because there's, I feel like there would be a fear that if if someone nominates a faction that is not necessarily the best faction, but a, a particularly good faction for a particular uh-huh. slice, that yep. as you said, they're not guaranteed to get that. So they're potentially nominating a good combination for someone else. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think my hope was always that everyone ended up with a good faction in the slice that is good for them. And there's no way to guarantee that it's, just, it's a flaw in thinking it's, it's, it's my bad for thinking that way. And more again, it works better in a casual game where it's like, why don't we in a casual game? You can sit down and say, Hey, why don't we all just get a good faction and a good slice? Like, why do we have to be yeah. cutthroat in this part of it? Let's all play a faction that's going to do well in the slice. And we did see like, I would say two or three games where that I, I'll say this. I think Kraken, is the player who more than anyone tapped into that mentality. He cracked me mm-hmm. up because
2: I like, I think in every game that he played, he like, there was some discussion about how the draft should go at the beginning. And then yep. he destroyed everything he talked about. He would go against yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: He would do all this effort of like, let's put in good factions. And then it's
2: like, oh, how did Muay get in here? Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. What happened? It, just, <laughs> it, was, it was so funny to watch. I think, I think that happened twice and it just cracked yeah. me up both times. Yeah but he
0: he was always right away like let's get good factions in let's not ban let's who's got what I these are the three things in my hand what do mm-hmm. you guys want me to ban and that's how I wanted I didn't think you get three factions secretly but I never wanted people to keep secrets about what they were gonna ban I, I kind of wanted people to talk through it but sure. I encourage players to try it in their casual games um, because I, I just think I, th- I think there's something to it but I, I, d- I think it wasn't actually suited for a tournament as well as I hope.
2: Are yeah. you surprised that the SAR got banned so much, and no. the Jolnar no, no, and no. Soul did not get banned no. nearly it, as much?
0: Well, they did get banned a lot, they, though. I mean, they I got think banned, Soul but there were also, they got through
2: a couple times. There were also several times where they, well, there were a couple times they got played. Each of them, and there were some times when they got nominated and didn't get played. I think. Get picked maybe that happened like once. I, th- yeah. I think I think no, we have a little bit a- of
1: a recency bias because essentially what happened was SAR was pretty fairly normal in the in the prelims. Wasn't but then once we true. got past the prelims, they all held yeah. they were like all like no SAR. And it never and we never this saw before. him again.
0: I don't remember if we said this on air, but we've said this before of SAR is unique in that It's not that people are afraid of Saar running over the game and winning. It's that everyone knows Saar is probably going to swallow one person's slice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And nobody wants to even, like, oh, maybe I'll get Saar. But maybe I won't, and maybe I'll be adjacent to Saar, and maybe Saar will completely ruin my game. That's a good point. And nobody wants to be in that position. Yeah. So people ban Saar because Jolnar, ah, we can probably deal with. salt. we might be able to deal with. Saar? If they come for me, I'm screwed. And and my game's out and four other players get to play against SAR.
1: There is another factor here I feel like this is a little bit simpler, which is that I think the prelims map was not very good for SAR. So oh, not yeah. only is SAR like a faction that I think people are generally kind of scared of and kind of knee jerk will be like, oh, we gotta get rid of them, but like they didn't particularly perform yeah. well in the first round of the tournament. So I think people were right. even just kinda like like kind of getting used to the new Factions that we were kind of seeing like all kind of scoot up like factions that I felt like were just below the top tier like factions like L one and Barony and Necro were all just kind of like shifted up in the tournament logic yeah yeah so I think and I like I I just I really like that
0: I want that that's again that's why I think every tournament should try a new method because I think of it in the same way of the the meta of dota if you know anything about dota you know they put out patches all the time and Mm -hmm. every time they put out a patch four or five heroes just go into the dumpster and like four or five become completely broken so good you got to get them in every single game and in tournaments you have this like ban pick thing and that's certainly what we were trying to do with our drafting i mean that was the whole thing hunter you were the one who wanted to do like a ban pick phase and, yeah. and that's oh, what we that. developed the draft based off of. We wanted it to be sort of like Dota. And I want that same mentality going forward of like some tournaments, this faction is going to be the good one. Some tournaments, sure. it's this one. It like just yeah. depends on your, how you do the maps and how you do the, the yep. drafting. Yeah, because uh, I think that's what makes for more engaging tournaments. Yeah. Rather and, than and, every and, tournament and is patches. by the
2: books. And yeah. So like the only way to make things different is to switch up how the game is. Started right, right, exactly.
0: That's the only way you have to patch the game.
1: I honestly, this is a really weird idea I had, and I I feel free to just shoot this out of the sky. uh, But it was something that occurred to me like halfway through the process, and I didn't think about it again until now. I almost uh, was of the opinion that not like the hands that you're dealt at the beginning Mm -hmm. shouldn't even be random. Like, yeah, I wish there was a way to not do it random. I agree. We should decide, like, all right, so there's this one hand, and that's like yeah i don't know like sar muat nalu or something like that. i don't it right. wouldn't be that i but you, kind of you get agree what i saying. mean i
0: wish i wish there wasn't that was the only random element in our drafting process we worked pretty hard to make sure there weren't very many random elements and that one's i don't think that random element is very impactful and if anything that that random element is what encouraged things like jolnar or soul to get everyone like if you get yeah. jolnar and soul in your hand yeah one of them's getting through. That's right. interesting. That's a different game. I, I actually kind of like that idea. I, a I, hands yeah, of,
2: of factions but I out.
0: agree. Yeah, I, I, I would like I would love a tournament to have no randomness at all. That would be awesome going. I mean, going into the, the drafting. Obviously, there's what, randomness from the rest so of the game. What, but what, do, in you, the, what in do you, in you the think the then
2: system. taking that idea a little bit further? What do you think of having a tournament where there's like 18 games or whatever uh, of not just the same map and the same faction choices in your the band pick phase, but also the same objectives that come up every time? Do you think that yeah. uh, it, you could get interesting information out of that? Do you think it would be too mm-hmm. weird because people know what objectives are coming up ahead of time?
0: I think it's a problem because it becomes Age of Empire rules where mm-hmm. you kn- you know the objectives. It's a completely different game. Sure. It's cool. That's cool. It's a cool thing to do, and it should be done. It's a fun tournament idea, but it is certainly a very different game than Twilight Imperium.
1: I, I Honestly, root I kind of like it. What... I lo-
0: I, no, I, I agree. I like it. I'm just saying a big part of twilight imperium is you don't know the objective's yeah. coming up. It could be to play to play an age of empire tournament would be awesome so because it, then it's then you get this completely different type
2: of play. It could be a, it could be the sort of thing where all the games are happening simultaneously. So maybe it's just like a few games at a local con or something but the yeah. tournament director stacks the objective decks so they know ahead of time right. but the players all right. don't. So that the you know, it ends up being that they're all the same but they don't know actually.
0: That I'm super in favor of. Uh, but e- even if it is, everybody just knows what the objectives are going to be going into it. Mm-hmm. It's just a very, it's a, a completely different thing. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on. We talked about the specific maps, but I do want to talk about a little bit of how we felt about the fact that this tournament was preset maps um, and not building maps or cooperative building maps or anything like that. What did that What did that give us, and what did that take away from us?
1: Sure. Um, so uh, what it gave us was consistency of information. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, which was a big thing for us, I think. Going into this, we wanted the tournament, we wanted to do a cool tournament. But we, were, we, we saw it as an opportunity, and we went, we got to do something that lets us collect some interesting statistics. Yeah, so, yeah it, I it, agree there for sure. It the does maps are you,
2: important. Yeah, it gives you some statistics that you can't, or that, that are a little bit more informative than if every map is different. It also, yep. um, one of the things I liked about it is that it puts everyone on an even footing going into the mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm, hmm um,
0: well, and I just I just love the idea that people can prep for it. I think that's the yeah, best. That's, true that's why we threw that loop into the final game of like you don't get to prep for it. You're supposed to be the six best players in the world, so, so deal with it. Right. But in all the other games, it was my favorite part was hearing people talk about the maps and prepping and getting yeah. ready. And I, I just think that adds a lot to it. And I, I think that is important for tournaments for the mentality of tournaments of like we're prepping for it we care a lot about it it's just about the vibe of the tournament that people are invest. because if it's if you don't have that if you can't lean into that then there's nothing to prep for you yeah, just play and, games of TI and hope but that the fact that people can look at a map and analyze it and break it down and play on it a few times and see what works and what doesn't yeah. that interests me a lot for competitive and, play.
2: and with a tournament this big and with this wide of a an, an entrance audience uh, There's, like, such a wide variety of skill levels that just putting one more thing into the tournament that puts people on an even footing to, like, even that discrepancy out a little bit makes everything more interesting. Right. uh, And gives gives those people, like, up.
0: Right. There's kind of the argument here that, like, the whole idea of doing a tournament is you really do want to find some of the best players, but TI is an incredibly random game. Yeah. And if you play it 100% by the book, like that's just almost too much randomness. And so we tried to reduce as many of those random factors as we could so that the only, really the only randomness that we had from that point on is the objectives and the normal randomness, dice rolls, action cards, you get dealt stuff like that. But in terms of just like, in terms of, I don't know how to categorize it, but like the, the big large scale randomness that really impacts your game of like, I was, I was, you know, so and so in a in a and I'm really command counter dependent, and I was in an influence poor slice. That stuff when that happens, it's it just sucks. like what are you gonna do? you're yeah. you're screwed. It, it, and it's, so it's the goal fun. was to reduce that style of that stuff where you're screwed from the beginning. Yeah. We didn't we, we we wanted to reduce as much of that as possible. And I think preset maps are required for that mentality.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, I also think is that's just our style. like we we've yeah. always been kind of against the having a, a game where, your slice is just not fun, so it yeah. isn't fun. Like, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so I, I think if, if there's anything that it took away uh, from the game, I think that there is something to be said for competitively building maps, and it it, yeah. it is it is a skill. It, it's not it definitely it's not just something is. that you can just do off the cuff and have right. yeah. and be good at. I don't think it's like a huge skill, but it does. what, what you but do and the choices it. you make do matter.
0: absolutely yeah yeah I don't I don't think we'll ever discredit that and especially after last year's Gen Con where we saw a few different plays where it was like oh my gosh that is a brilliant map building decision that that person made that kind of stuff I mean I I love that I love those that's why I want tournaments to still do that. I don't want yeah. anyone to ever abandon... That's why I love that uh, the bag draft in TTS mm-hmm. community is becoming kind of a thing. I, I love that. I I want people to keep exploring new ways, even if it's not preset maps, but new ways to build the map that that alter preconceptions and things like that. I just I think any exploration into that territory is great because any way that you can change the setup of the game without changing the game itself is great. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think also, like, I, I We've said it here like many times, but the thing about competitive map building that I think always specifically put, puts me off is like even if you're good at it um and and you're making good choices and you're and you do something that really hurts another player, that phase of the game is like what like it's not very long unless you're taking right. a really long time to do it. So it feels mm-hmm. weird that in some ways this ten hour long game could be decided in yep. like fifteen minutes at the very beginning.
0: Right. yeah that's always been my my part that I hate about it, yeah I'm with you. there's ways to get around it. Can we talk about let's let's do just some kind of brief shout outs what do you say yeah of of the players that maybe we knew about beforehand or even just in seeing them in the prelims or whatever players we thought played great and just didn't didn't get to make it to the finals, didn't get to make it to the semis or whatever. I think there's some room to give some shout outs. I think this is a little bit um of our selfish way of trying to justify later all-star games. We want to start building <laughs> hype for these players who didn't get to the finals, but we want to host games where we where we bring them in. Um, anyways, so who, who are some of your guys' top – I don't want to say top. Every There were lots of really great players, but who are just, like, people we either expected a lot out of and, and just didn't see him make it or – or whatever it is. I think the number one that we've talked about plenty is Mantis, right? Mantis right. came into this tournament, and we were, everyone just, like, thought Mantis. Everyone talks about how good Mantis is, and it's, like, terrifying about how good Mantis is. And honestly, the game Mantis lost was because, not, not solely do this, but because of a lot of really bad gravity rift yeah. rolls. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So, like, that luck, was luck, Luck can tear a player down in a major way. So who else? Who else do you guys want to just? Well, I want to say something
1: about Mantis that kind of clarifies the Mantis thing real quick. I think so. Earlier, we were talking about like the general attitude of the game of players being like going kind of tortoise style versus like hair style and just kind of slow and steady. And to me, that being the overall tone of the tournament, Mantis as a player seemed to individually be. I don't know, like very much within that way of thinking. I don't know. Does that make right. sense to everybody? I, yeah, I yeah. actually have probably seen him the least of the three of us uh, I, play. I think that's
2: I think it's hilarious because he lost his last game because he took so many risks and they didn't mm-hmm. win. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is pretty funny. But he is right. I, Generally. I, yeah, but he is, and I think that this is why we all expected so much of him. He is, in my opinion, from what I've seen of the TTS you know, world, he is the most consistently good player.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's there. good in, like, like you just started to say, he's good in that TTS world, right? Yeah. Sure. TTS is, we have to continue to say TTS is different than playing. It is. Twilight Imperium in real life. Yeah. But Mantis and, and seems not, to do very well yeah. in that atmosphere. And, and it's not he, just, he, it, he has learned how to manipulate.
2: Yeah. And it's not just that he wins a lot. It's just that he's, he always does well, regardless of whether right. that's 10 points or nine points or eight points. He always gets up there. He's always yeah. doing the right things. Mm -hmm. yeah um other someone else uh, we have a number of people to to mention but um i think the other big one for a lot of us that we talked about was seven as another uh frequent well
0: talk talk about the opposite of mantis right (laughs) right seven is the player we just all expected to do seven does crazy things and sometimes it leads to like, oh my gosh, what a crazy win. And sometimes it's like, wow, seven really risked it all for just nothing and completely <laughs> like floundered there. But that's like seven is good for TV. And oh, so yeah. we just, he we is were good all just for excited. TV. That's we a wanted good way seven to put it. in more games because he's great for TV. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah very good for TV. Um, I, I want to shout out, uh, to a player that I feel like, uh, I shouted out to kind of early on in the tournament, but b- because yeah. he did not make it through, uh, we have not had a reason to talk about him since, but, um, Joey uh yeah. is a player that we saw originally at the gen con tournament you know that video you still haven't gotten uh <laughs> he's in that he's in that and he he played as the the clan of sar in that yeah. game and he he played very 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 good and it was very very yes. he was also somebody he's kind of like seven where he was very good for tv so i yeah. felt like as a crew we all had like kind of a giant bias towards him yeah in the game i won't spoil how things turn out uh but, but i will say that while the game was going we were all kind of like this guy's good for tv he does weird stuff uh, yeah. a lot of flashy plays uh, and yeah. then what was heartbreaking about he was game three if you want to check out his game in the prelims um mm was due to the way that the draft worked out, he actually did not get to play as Sar, which is, I think, I think the faction that really kind of engages his brain. And in fact, yeah. Kraken played as Saar in that game, and Kraken right. actually won that game and went on to the right. semifinals as Saar. So that was kind of a, a heartbreaking um, game, yeah. I think, for for me, as somebody who kind of had a bias towards Joey um, yep. because of the play that we'd seen before. Uh, but... I, I do uh, – and also, I don't know how familiar Joey was with TTS. I feel that's, like I think was that's a, a TTS part, bias yes. with this whole thing. Most of the people that went through were very familiar with TTS, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I think being really good at TTS is not, does not necessarily mean you are great at normal TI and vice versa. Yeah, you I, can be really good at TI, and you can do not very well in a TTS yeah, I Yeah, I do
2: want to address that point just real quick and say that while I think – most, if not all, of the people who ended up in the finals are do frequently play on TTS. I don't think that that's why... I don't think it's a major reason that they made it as far as that they as, as they did. You know? No,
0: you have to... To, be, I think to it, get to the finals, you have to be good at all of it. Right. right? Yeah, like, right. you have to be good at TI and be good on TTS. Yeah, I, that's sort I, of the... That's the trick to it.
2: Yeah, I think that there were maybe a couple people that it affected, but I think overall, the TTS thing wasn't a drawback
1: i I going to differ a little bit also because yeah, we, we have another example of a, of a uh, guy. His name was Paul. He was another yeah. person that we saw in the Gen Con tournament who also was very impressive, very fun to watch. He played as the Nalu Collective in the Gen Con tournament. And he, he right. got to play as Nalu in the – so he was, like, kind of the opposite of Joey where we were like, oh, we've seen this guy play. Uh, he's very good. Uh, but uh, in his game, which was game six – Okay, cool. Um, no, wait, no, it was not game six. We had so many Pauls, um, yeah, in the game. I don't remember where he it's was It's overwhelming. Well, uh, oh wait, just found him. He's in game 10. Um, in, uh, in his game, it seemed that, that his lack of familiarity with TTS was kind of a detriment to his ability to play the game very fluidly and with like yeah. kind of the level that we had seen at Gen Con. Cause we saw him yeah. play at a very high level there. Right. And then on TDS it's, it just seemed like it was a bit of a detriment. So I will yeah. say, I don't think it was like a bunch of players that this affected, but no. it did feel like there, there were some examples that we could think yeah. of that were like, Oh, this player seemed like they didn't, they just weren't as comfortable in TTS. Yeah. And T.I. is I a w- very complicated game, so you can get stuck on little stuff like for that.
0: Sure. I want to burn through a few extra names. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to throw out, like, I had high expectations for Zendog. I had high expectations yeah. for TG Welch, I had high expectations for Dodonko and for Jimboff, all four of those players. I can't like Quana, I, I you know, we don't need to go into like all these specifics with them, but those are all four players that I think in another tournament in the future, we'll see them do very well. It was just yep. sort of circumstances of their games that they didn't move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all, all four of those are ones that I want to look out for. I want to call future. out
1: TG Welch in particular is just like he beat me really solidly like maybe like three or four weeks ago not that i'm any good obviously i'm really bad (laughs) and i suck but uh it was a game where i was i was ghost which has been kind of my jam lately um and i just got to nine points and there was you need 10 to win actually um but i could not get a 10th point yeah, and then he turns out he it. could, so then he won. <laughs> so I just want to call that out again. If that's the, that's the thing. If you ever if you ever beat I don't know about Matt. Actually, Matt. If you beat Matt, he tends to bury it in the in the yard somewhere, and you'll never hear about it ever again. <laughs> uh, but if you beat me, I'll I'll talk about it forever. So T G Welch has, uh, um, has got me.
0: The last thing I think we have to talk about is the the Euro uh, problem, the Euro situation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, That's um, we kind had, of a weird we had, way to put it. I don't know. Really... I know. It's a, weird, it's a weird phrasing. But we had players like Panster, um, Lazuski, Evernoob. We had these players who played incredibly well, mm-hmm. but were in games where they were maybe the only European player. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's a style. There is clearly a stylistic difference between yeah. most American players and most European players. Right. And I think whoever has the majority in their game that dictates how that game is going to go. So if you put five Americans and one European in a game, it's not that the European style is worse than American, but when you have five Americans playing the American style and you have European playing the European style, there's no competition because the five Americans are going to boost each other up just based on their play style. And so we saw a lot of that. This this tournament was mostly in American time zones. We are an English-speaking podcast, so our fans are mostly English-speaking, which means primarily... American. Uh like there' just there's so many elements where this whole tournament at large was geared more towards Americans. Yeah. Um it's it's part of like we even saw it in the finals. Mage is from America, but he plays in Australia and uh, I think you could give a pretty solid argument that the finals round didn't go so great for him because he had to wake up at 4:30 a.m. Right, yeah. that, yeah. that, that hurt. That, that just sure. straight up hurts him. He had yeah. a, his semis. I think was the same situation where he w- had to wake up at this horrible, horrible hour, and it, it definitely impacts players. The, there were plenty of European games where the Europeans were up until 4 a.m., 3 a.m., something like that, and like it's hard to keep focus. Yeah. So I I think if we ever were able to play a tournament where we catered it more towards European time zones and and had more Europeans we would see more Europeans make it to the finals it's just a matter of the circumstances of this tournament that we saw um, not quite as uh, we
2: didn't see as many wins from Europeans yeah mm-hmm. so do you do you have like any specifics about what you think are the differences between European and American styles like in I mean I because I, 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 I in have a general sense
0: thought. sure and and I don't want it to sound like I'm being cliche or or like I don't know whatever but you know the the cliche of like of what Germans is like German engineering and things like that and I just I do think some of that stuff kind of holds true in that American players play the social game and the meta game a lot more than European players do sure. and you see European players playing the the sort of unaligned magi style of like I'm gonna win space risk and then I'll yeah. I'll I'll adapt to the meta as I need to, but I don't lean into it in the way that someone like Schroeder does. I wanna like, clarify something sense.
1: real quick because I this is a kind of a this is a tough subject to kind of paint with a wide brush Absolutely. on. Uh, yes. I I think we can maybe say that the European players that that entered this tournament, which was not like a large like no. group of people Maybe yep. exerted these qualities a little more, but I don't know. I don't know enough about like Euro, Euro games and the people that play them enough to say that this is even typical. I mean, like Imson so, wasn't really quite like that. Like right, I don't know. if right, Imson yeah. fits in that no, category. No. Really there are at all. all kinds
0: of exceptions to that rule for sure. Yeah. There were twenty-seven out of 108 players that right. were European.
2: And, I, and I've, I mean, on the TTS server, I've played with Europeans several times, and many games have at least one European player in them, especially in the yeah. weekends. And, and in my experience, and this, this is kind of tied into what you said, Matt, but in, in general, and again, this doesn't apply to everybody, and I don't think this is a bad thing either, but European players tend to be more rigid in how they approach deal-making and how they, yes. like, what they think something is worth. And they right. they don't they don't want to back down on that or take take a deal yeah. that they think is not doesn't doesn't have the value that they expect it to have.
0: I feel like they take an insult if you offer them something that isn't obviously what the value should be, right? Yeah. If you if you undercut them, they're just like, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna talk to you yeah, if you're gonna do that. If you're gonna yeah. bring that to that table, I'm not gonna sit here and wheel and deal with you. You're being a used car salesman. I don't yeah. want to do that. That's dumb. Yeah. Like, right. The, they the, just, they the
1: Schroeder versus like. Somebody like Panster or Ms. Yeah, type of, uh, type of like thought experiment. I feel like kind of plays out like this. I will say though, the idea of us talking about this in this context without any of these people being here, I would (laughs) say uh, totally flawed that we have kind of now, in my opinion, committed ourselves to having uh, some of these people on the show to talk about their own experience and this kind of uh, American versus Euro style of yeah. uh, twilight imperium yeah i think it would uh, just be cause, great yeah 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 I, th- I think that would be a great episode and also like i don't know how much more my tummy can take us uh talking about this without them nope, being I here agree. to speak let's for move themselves
0: on. yeah let's talk about uh let's talk about streaming and recording real quick i think this mm-hmm. is a brief point to talk about uh, but we recorded the first 23 games we streamed the last two yeah uh, <laughs> initially we were very afraid of streaming we didn't want Um, streaming to be something that could lead to someone gaining an advantage if they happen to be watching the stream. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think it's worth pointing out of like we eventually found a way to get around it, but I think it also I do think it relied a little bit on we ended up with players we knew well and we had been talking to for months, and so we trusted them to not do anything. In the prelims round, I still stand by. We can't stream those games. It's a bunch it's too many people too many variables. I can't trust everyone to not try to be influenced by a stream. Even yeah. if a stream is no private information you're only getting like the fact that there's a Twitch chat of people like exactly. throwing out and suggestions. There's, there's only so there are plenty of times but... you get reminded by that you there's yeah. something you you personally would have forgotten but didn't because the Twitch chat called it out. Yep. Now we saw instances where there was there's still other ways to be dodgy, right? W- within this tournament. The fact that we can't all be in a room and control the environment means that the whole system is flawed and so maybe we shouldn't be that afraid of streaming. But I think going forward, we're probably going to be more open to streaming, um, and it just depends on the size of the tournament and the size of the rounds, but I, I, I felt like that was worth pointing out yeah. that we we were learning as we went yeah. on how it, to go about
2: it, recording this. It and was a really cool experience everything. for me, because I, I came into this having very little streaming experience uh, yeah. at all, and, and no experience editing and uploading videos at all, like literally zero. Wow. Right. Right. Uh, so I, I like watched a 30 minute video on YouTube about how to use DaVinci Resolve <laughs> and then just yeah. threw some stuff together and it was fun, I, I enjoyed it and I learned a lot and I, I wish that I had the time and the energy to make highlight videos for every game that we had but like after the first, I think so I did much. four and then it after so that it's just, <laughs> yeah, man, it was just it was so time consuming and like a lot of just weird things going on in my own life and I just didn't have the time to keep up with it but
0: uh, I don't think it can ever be stressed enough. that editing is just the worst. It takes
2: a lot of time, like, especially when it's a 10-hour video. Like, you, you have to either remember everything or have taken great notes or watch through everything again. And Like, that's just so demanding yeah. and time-consuming.
0: It has but, been eight months sin Gen, since Gen Con, and I still don't have a Gen Con <laughs> video.
2: Right.
1: There's still no Gen Con. Hey, Matt, did you know that there's not a Gen Con video yet? Yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> I so, uh, anyways, I, I want to also... <laughs> talk about streaming a little bit uh, real yeah. quick because uh, I, I I do want to <laughs> say that I feel uh, I, I agree with everything you guys said about like I don't I just don't even think it would be worth it to really stream the prelims if we did it again. Not to, right. not to insult no, anybody, I, but that's like no, so many games and I'm not really sure that that also I feel like the game being streamed is something that like you should work up to. It's like the thing of like, you yeah. know, if you're playing in this tournament, you, are, you're, you should yeah. be excited by the fact that, Oh, yeah. if I make it to the next round, it'll be streamed. I do right. think we could have streamed more of the semis than we did. Yes, um, absolutely. We were scared of it. Um, right. And I mean, we
0: burnt ourselves out in the prelims. We recorded, We we put so much effort into getting those recorded that if we just hadn't recorded any of those games and we were just knocking uh-huh. them out, mm-hmm. we would have been like really invigorated and ready to go in the semis to start like, Getting recordings and
2: streaming stuff, and and it would have been a different to be mentality. Fair, but we we, we really would,
0: burnt ourselves out
2: in the prelims. We also would have run into all of the uh, problems that we ran into in the prelims games and Iron. Very out. true.
0: <laughs> yeah, we worked we worked out <laughs> yeah. some technical glitches early on. That was yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Um. But going forward in future tournaments, I think you'll see that from us. I think you'll see. Us just completely avoid the prelims, and yeah. it's like no, no, no. We stream when the stuff gets the, crazy, when we've vetted some players and whatnot. And the
2: huge bonus to streaming over recording is that the the commentary team can interact with Twitch chat, which is yeah is a huge Very is good. a huge boon when you're streaming for eight plus hours because yeah. like eventually. You kind of start running out of steam, and there's there are moments of silence, and you just you're like, yeah. how do I feel this? I'm tired. I don't know what to say.
1: I think I, I think in the future, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna play some like, oh, let's uh, let's talk about if we ever do this again, which I don't even know that we even know if we will. Uh, but <laughs> um, I in the in the ongoing, and I know we don't we don't really talk about this too much, to talk about it enough. But the ongoing debate between you know commentary versus um, the uh, the people talking. Um, I feel yeah. like if we had another sh- uh, shot at it, what I would want to do is for the streaming video to be mostly uncut, raw, no commentary. And if you want, you know, me to talk, you d- will just do it in chat. So I'm just chatting with people right. via text, but I'm just giving you basically the feed raw, um, yeah. and you could you can have that, and then and then mm-hmm. that could even be that could even. That would maybe even be worth living on the YouTube somewhere, even though I don't, I don't even know where I stand about like us. I feel like one mistake that we that we maybe made, uh, or it's not even really a mistake. It's just like we didn't really know how we wanted this to work. But a lot of the content is available in different places. Like there's a lot of overlapping. Like oh, you could listen yeah. to the podcast and get our summary of it, or you could go to the YouTube, and then this yeah. would be like a whole another thing of like oh, and then there's like two videos available one with commentary one without i don't know
0: and and with all that you're getting into i mean we're just getting into like different people want different stuff out of this content and we chose certain things we we chose to make what we kind of wanted to make out of it and even then we were learning as we went so not all of it is what we wanted to get out of it Mm -hmm. yeah um so all of this is a learning experience and um yeah I'll, i'll throw it out there like there's there's some things I I wish were better about all the videos, and where those are things we're gonna keep working on. So, you know, we we were experimenting with this and learning about it as we went, and so I hope people recognize that. Um, we know so, we know a
1: lot though now. You know, like, we know a lot more. I, I now. feel like we have a but, we have a good it, foundation. It, even if the
0: stream that I just played today is any lesson, no matter how much you learn, <laughs> weird, stupid technical glitches still happen, and there's no explanation for why they're happening, and I have no idea how to fix them, and I'm sorry that they happen. Well, it's also, like you just... should
1: all know that Matt has had bad luck with technology for the I have entire a comp- time I have a... that I've known him. Like, the I entire time. I have a curse. Yeah.
0: I have a curse where technology just breaks on me, and there's no, it's completely inexplicable.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's very, very annoying. I'm like Um, the opposite. I feel like in my life, I can't believe that the technology I have around me works at all because I don't know anything about it. And I I set up yesterday's I set up today's
0: stream, which was now Saturday. I set up Saturday's stream on Friday for five and a half hours oh my god um, EJ EJ was here for four and a half of that but I was doing pre-lighting and stuff like that for an hour before EJ showed up five and a half hours of testing and we had everything dialed in and ready to go and then during the stream our diary cam video basically worked like 30 percent of the time just just because even though it worked for five hours the day before oh, so man. that kind of stuff happens and I just I don't know what to tell you about when that happens it's it's very frustrating as a creator um, but it it is what it is, and all we can do is move forward and try better next time. Let's move on. I hate this. <laughs> 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 let's talk about but let's th- talk about statistics, uh, right. statistics, and the stats we collected. And I don't know. Here's the first question, Hunter Donaldson: Are statistics useful?
1: Uh, most of them. Most no, mostly not. <laughs> it's I I think the format of trying to keep TI stats is really really difficult but yeah. I think having a um, standard map by which the stats are judged is yep. very important right uh, if if the statistics are going to mean anything right but that all being said uh, the stats that we have collected on these on these maps that we used in the tournament uh, yeah. it's not a big enough sample size and mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit too much stock put in the trends that we were seeing Definitely. in those stats. And really it's like not very it's not useful data. Yeah. I mean if we right. had a hundred games on on these maps, it, still it would wouldn't still be, be like, I don't know. Like <laughs> Yeah, because there, yeah. there are
2: just so many variables in this game. A hundred games. A thousand characters. And, and I
0: think enough. that the stats we collected are reliant on the map we played on, which means the 18 games on the prelims map is the only one that even has, like, a decent amount of games, right? right. The other ones are three games apiece. That's no- that nothing. That's completely useless. Right. Even for the prelims games, though, it's 18 games on our map with our drafting method, which is an important point. So if we're yeah. talking about, like, how does this map play? Well, if you're playing it casually, Joel NAR and Sol and Sar probably get into way more games than ever did in our draft. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to read the stats from where they're coming from, which is like an incredibly specific data set. And and I don't even know enough about statistics to go on about it, but it's enough to say, I'm happy we collected them. We saw really interesting things that yeah, I think are worth pointing out. Yeah, things it's, like it's round one speaker was not as important as we would have thought, it was uh, getting trade round one is f- apparently very very good, or at least in this tournament setting and on on that prelims map. Little things like that 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 really stand out in the statistics. That's more important stuff. Where it's like, oh, it's two two more games were won with this than the other thing, whatever. But when we see these like huge shifts in the numbers, that's the only stuff I'm really looking at. I'm going to push. I'm going to push back me.
1: a little bit on this idea though, because I do I do think still I think those examples you just cited are things that more just make sense to us. And they're not necessarily, it's not necessarily like the stats are making us feel that way. It's Uh like we can cite, a really small handful of examples and be like, see, look, it happened. This is good. Trade is good. Um, But (laughs) it's mostly that it just makes sense to us that trade is actually really good. Like, the argument for it just makes sense. It's not necessarily, like, the numbers.
0: It's more the opposite for me. Like, it's just the fact that, like, everyone freaks out about warfare or tech round one, and we didn't see either of those with, like, huge win percentages. I think, for me, what the tournament taught me in the stats is round one, isn't as important as you make it out to be. That That's, for me, what it comes down to. I think people put... We, we did 17 guides where the the notion was we're going to come at this from the first-round strategy perspective. Sure. What are you going to do in the first round, and how does that lead into the rest of your game? So, and I think that thinking is flawed. I, I think the first round is not as crucial, and it's more about how do you get yourself set up in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round. Yeah, mm.
2: I, I think that like what strategy card you have and where you are in the speaker order isn't as big of a deal, but I do think right. that the first round you have to make no mistakes true like you have sure you have to with what you with have what you with whatever you got with, no mistakes yeah, with, what, yeah. with, what's ava- with what's available to you resource wise token wise strategy card wise you have to make no mistakes if you have you know whatever number of carriers whatever number of systems are in range like you just you just have to expand correctly spend things correctly uh yeah, you you just you just have to make the right decisions because if you if you end up not being able to build an extra carrier when you're only a one carrier faction, or yep. not being able to get a tech when you have the resources yeah. and, and like are a one tech faction, or uh, you have you know three systems next to your home home planet without uh, or with, yeah. with you know planets and you don't expand properly or something like th- there are mistakes that you can make and if you make those, they're really going to hurt you later in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree the the that. other stat the other stat for me
0: that is is I think noteworthy and it's something that I just never like quantified in my head. It makes total sense and I and I would have never disagreed with this if you had told me it, but it's just not something I thought about until seeing the numbers. But in like a final round situation, diplomacy is like the best pick. Far and away. Hey, it well, it's pretty good. It's, pretty it's it's pretty good and it, not to, or, or more more than anything I shouldn't say it's like oh, you should definitely pick diplomacy if you're in the last round. but what we saw so many times is the player who takes Imperial is going for a long shot and probably doesn't quite get it. The player who gets leadership is just banking on getting there in the status phase and then gets jumped on yep. and diplomacy is the one who is early in uh, in uh, scoring order. And also got to lock down their home system, so they win a lot. Like, those, just those things, it just makes total sense, but it's also something you can't cheat, right? You can't be first in speaker order and then pick diplomacy because it's like, well, you're probably still... If you did that, then you're probably going to lose to the person with Imperial or leadership or whatever. Like, it has to work in that order. It's just that's the way it's going to go down is Imperial, then leadership, then diplomacy, and then for some reason diplomacy wins. That that just happens so
2: many times. That extra defensive factor on top of the early initiative is just really solid.
1: I, I, uh, I think I'm a little more comfortable just saying that in the last round it's all about imperial leadership or diplomacy than I am yeah. in saying that diplomacy diplomacy it's is the, the best, best one positionally. Yeah. But right. depending on your game, you might you might have to uh, take a different one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, and and of course Nalo throws throws all of that uh uh-huh. out you know, the window through the, through, <laughs> out the window. Um, here's here's a big question. Um, do, is Nine of Spades the best player in the world, and more importantly? Do tournaments result in determining who the best player is?
1: I think this is really similar to the stats discussion. <laughs> it is. Yep. It is actually. So
2: it, so it,
0: it it follows it the up. The simple answer yeah. is
2: no, but I think that the the last six players that we had were very good players. So I think that that does indicate that there is. It's not just luck or randomness that gets you into mm-hmm. a Absolutely. finals of a tournament. Yeah. There are skills, yeah. and there is right. uh, being a good player is a big factor in. In winning.
0: We saw luck kick some players out, right? We saw great, amazing players lose their chance at winning a game because of bad luck. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say some just like mediocre whatever player got to the finals just based on good luck. I I don't I do not feel that way. I feel every player we had in the finals so it's not so much about that like I mean (laughs) there's two feelings I have about this. This is the biggest Twilight Imperium tournament, I'm pretty sure that has ever been played. I'm willing to call Nine of Spades the best player in the world because I think that that's it's the same way you call the person who wins the gold medal in the Olympics the best player in the world. Four years from now, there might be a new best player in the world. That player's not going to win every single time. But for now, that's the best we got. Uh, so Nine of Spades is the best player in the world, and if we do a future tournament, we might get a new one. But for sure, those six players in the finals are six of the best players in yeah, the world. I, I think I,
1: that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the script a little bit. I think yes. that nine of spades uh is uh, that's as close what what you well, i feel like what you're saying is basically that's as close as we got right now is the idea yeah. that nine of spades is is the best because he because he won but yep. i don't feel as comfortable i i feel very comfortable saying he is the winner of the space gatsby turtles tournament because that's true because <laughs> that's that's, the that's fact. entirely true and that's not us like growing giant brains and being like we uh-huh. we figured it out <laughs> um yeah. I don't feel super comfortable with that, but what I do feel very comfortable in saying is that it did not take that many rounds to basically end up with a situation where there were six players that were some of the best players in the world. There yep, yep. was not a single player at that table that I was like, oh, you don't deserve to be here. Uh, yep. You got here through trickery or like right. you got here just randomly because the RNG yep. said you should be here. Yep. Um, and all it took was a prelims round, a semifinal round with a knockout round, and that's it. And yep. we and we got six players, and I was so happy with yep. those I think, players.
2: I think that it's really important to note, if you listen to the episode you guys did where you interviewed everybody, that mostly everyone's kind of general strategy and approach to the game was a method of mitigating randomness yes when you yeah. boil it down to it yeah, and yeah that's yeah. that's the i think one of the biggest skills in in yep. ti and a big determining factor in how often you 100% win agree is there are so many random factors in the game so how well and how you mitigate yeah. those is yeah huge
0: yeah, and, and I think what this what this topic feeds into for me is why do we do tournaments and what's, like, the goal? And for me, personally, the goal is to be able to get access to record an incredibly good game of Twilight Imperium. Yes. Right? That, at the end of the day, that's the only thing I'm seeking. Other people are playing in the tournament because they want to play in a tournament, and that's really, really fun, and they want to see how well they do. For me, hosting the tournament, it's about I want to get to an incredibly dense complicated good game of twilight imperium getting played and we can see it at this level that you never see it at in any other circumstances
2: can i just say how hilarious it is that we're talking about the best players being people who can mitigate randomness but the fact is that that finals game was so amazing in large part because of the randomness of the agenda deck and the agendas that came up. That's true, that's true. It was like a perfect game because of the circumstances that we ended up with. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: But, But all of that comes down to, like, ending up with players who put themselves in situations where they're all good, so they're all in the running. (laughs) The difference being, in a random game, you've got two really great players, two mediocre players, two bad players, two new players, or whatever. Well, the two good players are going to run away with it because there's no one holding them against them. The reason we had so many agendas that were so crazy is because all six players are in the running every round, so every agenda is going to be crazy because someone's going to gain an advantage out of it, right? That's what we gain by doing these tournaments, is we gain situations where all six players are constantly in the running, basically the entire game. And so you get those situations where this agenda is going to be the biggest deal in the world. This objective is going to be the biggest deal in the world because everyone has positioned themselves right. Everyone is, is prepped and ready for the next phase. No one has just been completely shut out.
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and I mean, it helps. I mean, you guys rigged the deck, so it kind of, yeah,
0: exactly. I mean,
1: yeah, that was that was cool. All that stuff you was saying, and I was really excited. I guess here again, but like knowing that we did, yeah, no, that's great. And I think they're totally gonna buy that. But we did rig the deck, so that's <laughs> that's how we did it. If you guys are wondering how you do it, you actually just go through the the deck and you find the cards that you like, and you just kind of put them in there, and you throw in like one or two bad agendas. Just it's to actually be able-
0: really easy. Yeah.
1: yeah, just to throw in some like <laughs> questions about whether it was rigged or not. Throw in, like, Minister of whatever.
2: And then the, and we whatever. faked, like, a 20-minute break to try to figure out a <laughs> <laughs> quote-unquote rules uh, decision. That yeah, we exactly. Totally right, that, to knew, to
1: yeah, that we knew. Yeah, that yeah. we, we knew about. We, um, we just the wanted boot. the drama. Yeah. Uh, so so what does this
0: mean for future Space Cats? Uh-oh,
1: uh-oh whoa, uh-oh. hey.
0: I know, I'm jumping into it. What Everyone,
1: turn turn it up now. Everyone lead turn in with your ear uh, that we're talking uh, about the
0: future. Here's the answer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> very
1: exciting. Uh, um,
0: no, I, I, I'll say this much. I mean, we're definitely taking a, a, a smidge of a break. Uh, we're going to we're going to take some time off. The next tournament we will be a part of is Gen Con. There's n- there's no world where we run any sort of tournament before Gen Con, which is in August. Which right, happens that- in
1: August, which means that the video for last Gen Con, what would the, the deadline be for that one?
0: so soon oh man you won't even like, believe
1: it. the deadline's Yesterday. soon yeah that Yeah, was... soon All
2: right. um, <laughs> um, I'm excited I, uh, for Gen Con because I'm going to be there with you guys yeah, yeah. yeah that's
1: going to be really fun that's and gonna we're going to record great.
0: things so much better on the front end that it will be much easier to edit <laughs> than what the nightmare I've been dealing with for eight months let's move on I can't talk about this Well, future... no, we, need
1: we need to talk about the future more and, yes. and I, I think one thing I want to say off the bat is that I don't think we're not going to do it like this ever again. Exactly. No, 100% this no. way. Like, yep. I, I think it was like, uh, it was something me and you were saying the other day was like, if we want to do this tournament again next year at the same time, we essentially yeah. need to start working very pretty soon. Uh, yeah. Cause like exactly. we were talking about this idea at about this time last year. Right. And then JEDCOD happened, and then right after JEDCOD we were like, all right, this is what we're Gotta doing. Got to go, yeah. And yeah.
0: and it, and it's and I'll say this much. If it's ever a tournament this big again, if we're going to try for a 108 or a 216-player tournament. 216, is, baby. 216 is like the magic number, right? That's 36 games of six that leads to six games of six that leads to one game of six. Oh that would be God. awesome. Oh, God, don't even but say that. But that's <laughs> colossal. But what it would require, that be, that's a community effort. That's not a Space Cats Peace Turtles thing. Um, this this tournament was a Space Cats Peace Turtles effort and and with Patreon uh, contributions that's like the reason it was able to happen in the future if we want a bigger tournament or even a tournament that equals this size it comes down to we gotta bring people on to help us uh, with the moderating and with everything Um, and I know that for me going forward what I'm more interested in is more smaller tournaments Um, I think it would be fun to do some I don't know what invitationals look like. I don't know what like how, how we get people into these, but I would love to do 36 player tournaments and each one is a different thing, you know. I want to do a 36 player 14 point tournament. I want to do a 36 yeah, player tournament a... that is using Age of Empire rules. I want I just want to do these yeah. little experimental tournaments where each one is small and it's not like it's this huge thing of like we're going to crown the best it's like no, we're just doing this little thing and we're going to see how it goes with this this kind of smaller version of a tournament. What Th- about that this? Stuff, what
1: about I'm this? Um, we do, so we do a series of thirty-six player um, tournaments, where each winner of those tournaments will go on to eventually. When we're done with six 36 player tournaments, we will have oh six players that are ready to play one final game for it all. Uh,
0: yeah, sure, why not?
1: <laughs> so each, but then it would be like when you win one of these, like the first player that would win this thirty-six player tournament, it would be like okay. We yeah. need you to keep playing Twilight, period, for two years because that's how long <laughs> it will take for us to get to for the us end. to get of around to process. getting this other game.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, here's here's the big question: Is there a world where a league fits into this uh, uh, world? Is is there a, is there a is there a league system that we can put together? What are your guys' thoughts and opinions? Rude, do you want to open up leagues. on this one? Because like I, yeah. I think we all we, have a you, lot
1: of
2: the, stuff th- in yeah. our the craw. three of us.
0: The three of us know where this question is going, but I'm and asking it as though it's like, ooh, what
2: are we thinking? It's, it's leading. Uh, Alex, it's leading to a long yeah. rant by me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> you, you got. Uh, I'm giving you two minutes. Here we go. Start <laughs> that the clock. might be a little too too small, but I think that <laughs> right. uh, I'll be honest up front and say that yes, it's possible to have a league that works. And and that functions in a way that the community might enjoy. However, uh, I think that there are a lot of problems. Well, I'll say two main problems. Uh, one, the quickest and easiest one to talk about, uh, is that it would have to be community run, and I don't think that. I don't think that that works. I don't. I don't think that having an any sort of even like semi official league, run by just some random volunteers is going to work out very well. People are going to drop mm-hmm. out, disappear, get bored. Uh, people are going to have to make rules calls that they aren't really qualified to make and get it wrong in bad ways. Like, that's going to happen. Um, and that that's going to really diminish the quality overall in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And primarily, the biggest thing that I... The, big, the biggest reason I don't like a league idea is that it's going to dramatically in my opinion divide the community mm-hmm. the tts community who were primarily the people who would partake in this is not large yep. like it, it's it's right. just not it's a, it's a small group of people like there there's maybe a couple day couple games every day of the week at most and then the weekends maybe four five right um, which is great, like, if you're looking for a game, you can usually get into one, right? Like, there's yeah. there's probably a couple of games a day that you can just hop in if you're free, but mm-hmm. if you take that small number of games, and then chop it up into people who are going to be just wanting to play league games, because they want their game to count towards their league stats, that that's going to lead to people being shut out of games, because they don't want to play those, those league games. They don't they don't care about that. They just want to play a friendly game of TI. There are going to be people who right, are yeah. too hardcore. They're like, "No, I don't want to I don't want to do that. I want my game to count." So they're going to be they're it's going to just end up dividing the community that way. And on top of yeah. that, I think that with a league, naturally you're going to start uh, recording people's stats and how well they do and how well they do on specific races or factions or how well they do against particular players. And I think that's also going to cause meta issues between players and I think yeah, that yeah. there's there're going to be plenty of times where um, people are setting up a game for instance and someone says hey I, I'd like to join this game and the other players are going to be like wait we've seen your league stats and you're way too good we don't want to play with a player of your caliber we just want to have a friendly calm game and that player is going to be yeah. forced to not play or they're, or the, the opposite will happen where someone's league stats are going to be very poor and people who want to play with, quote, top-tier players are going to say, no, we'd rather have someone who's better so we have a more competitive game. And I think yeah. that's horrible. I, I think that would be terrible yeah. for our small community.
0: It is. It, it, it could be pretty sad, especially for, yeah, like you're saying, it's a pretty small community. I, I think it also comes down to an organizational problem, which is I don't know how you could possibly structure a league um, because the TTS community is a lot of people who can play once, I don't know, a month, once every two months, and then you've got a lot of people who play four times, five times a week. Yeah,
1: yeah you have, like, people all over that pers- that spectrum. And so, and yeah. so
0: how do you structure it? Like, do people get to just play a game whenever they want? Like, sure, th- to, to all these questions, there's some sort of answer, but I think it's too small of a community where, like, you can't really organize it enough because there's probably a really easy world where people, like... I don't know. Dodonko and ZenDog have like 15 league games under their belt and everyone else has 2 yeah. and it's just like what are we what are we doing here? Like what how is this league leading to anything that is worthwhile? I think what is probably the better solution to like if we want to just have games where uh like we're trying to run tournaments that are invitational. I don't think you have a league, but I do think if we want to do a tournament that is you need you, you need to show you've played this many games on TTS. That's fine for one small 36-player tournament, right? Like, if, if, if we're going to do it that way, it's like, oh, that's one way. And, we, we we again, it's about shaking it up and, and making the invitation style different. Whereas, if we try to collect one big league together, there's no way for it to be consistent. Mm-hmm. There just yeah, isn't yeah. because people fade in and out of the community and fade in and out of being able to play games and having time. And, like, how many times have we had games where even in trying – this is the biggest takeaway for me. In trying to set up this tournament, it is incredibly incredibly difficult to get enough players into games. Yeah. And and it, I don't see how a league can work if it's just like volunteer basis because that yeah. structurally well, I, doesn't I, work. I, I think that... And if it's not volunteer basis, if it's you got to play this many games and you got to play on this day, that's never going to work right, because yeah. people have lives and they can't show up to games when you tell yeah. them. To I got know. something
1: it just I, doesn't I, I, work that I got way. something completely different than anything that we're yeah. talking about. Um, and it does have to do with the invitations that we were talking about before. I, th- I, th- I think, I think everything we're saying about leagues uh, make a lot of sense as far as the problem. I think, I think one of the issues, really, the primary issues, has to do with the amount of times you play um, versus, like, you know, so it's just it would be wildly inconsistent with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yep. With the idea of an invitational, what if? And I have not. I've not spoken this idea to either of you, uh, but I'm kind of inspired. I'm taking some inspiration from the way that comedy festivals work. Um, yeah. What if essentially what you do is you record yourself playing a game. You you yep. just record your feed of your camera. You don't have to do any commentary. You don't do anything. You just play a game normal. You send in yep. your tape of like, this is me playing a game. This is, I won this game and here's how it went. Yep. Um, and then depending on how that tape is, that's like your entry point into a tournament. I I think that's you having a good tape.
0: I think that's like one of the methods. The main point being here is the goal, the reason people want a league is they want to play competitive games are fun. Mm -hmm. People caring about the the stakes of the game are important. People don't like hyper-casual games because... uh, The the people that don't like hyper-casual games don't like them because maybe there's a player who just doesn't even care about winning and they throw the victory to someone else and it just doesn't feel right. People want to play where everyone's out to win. But you can do that without the structural disadvantages of a league, and that's why, again, I just advocate let's get more mini-tournaments. Let's just do as many of those as we can. Let's do community-run mini-tournaments. It doesn't even have to be stuff that, like, the three of us or whatever, like Space Gets Peace it doesn't have to be something we're running, but let's just get more little tournaments going, because I think that is the better option Versus, like trying to try to maintain yeah. some big league that constantly goes the leagues that work are leagues that work in big cities with groups that they just they it's 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 a league but it is also part it, of their casual network of players yeah. it's not a huge I, deal
1: I guess I guess what I mean in the the, the thing about the, the the idea of a tape is that yeah that, so, so the idea of a league is essentially we have uh, a season where right. uh, a bunch of people are playing different games and they're trying to do well um yes. in in the season so that then they can qualify for the tournament right that's that's yep. essentially how it, that's what a league point. would lead to. Um, right. the idea of doing a tape thing is not necessarily the assumption isn't that you would send it a tape and then we would like watch the whole thing and go like super in depth but the tape will be a way to prove hey i won this game and this is how yep. i won it and you can right. kind of go through and come and come through that so th- yep. so it would kind of create the same situation where if we say Hey, um, there's a tournament coming up. Get your tapes in by September. Um, yes. Then everybody's playing a lot because the more they play, the more opportunities they have to get a good tape where they went, where they won. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's yeah. essentially what I'm saying.
2: That actually gives me a, a great idea for for content that will probably never come to fruition, but it would be very <laughs> cool to have those videos and stream uh, commentary on that. Or like record yeah, a video of commentary on that because maybe there's like space to skip stuff around and have a shorter video. But like, sure, just go super deep in depth on how someone plays the game would be fun and interesting. That, I love OBS. That. OBS is a free program. Yep, you it can is. download
0: it. You can stream your game. You can record your game. You, you don't even have to stream it. You just record it to your desktop if your if your computer runs okay enough uh, with tabletop simulator. Just start recording your games and let's just start working on it this way. Let's just start getting you know, proof of of play that is with an effort. It's not even like you have to be the best player ever. It's like yeah. that you the, the fact that we can see you play and and put forward like a strong amount of effort is enough to like put you into that consideration. And and the fact that you care enough to want to get into a tournament. I think that's sort of it, the goal of a league it, and why we want to And also it's just kind of a formula. light way
1: to make like the regular weekly play that people right. are doing kind and, of competitive and, in the way that a league be, would be.
0: Right, and to not limit it to people who can only record their own games, like you can have other people record your game for you. If yep. someone oh, in every totally. game of TTS I, is recording, submits it. If Hunt, if if Root is just hanging out and he's streaming casual games, and someone wins, and they're like, Root, can you please submit that tape for me? Yeah. I, well, of course we're gonna do that. Like, yeah. like uh, that's no, nope. like I, you don't I, I have stream to have the my casual games. It.
2: Like that's that's the streaming yeah. that I do on my Twitch channel. Is I just feel like streaming the game that I'm playing that day. Exactly. and I just throw it on. Right.
1: Did I yes. just solve it? I think I solved, it. solved it. <laughs> I think I think it. I think I just solved it. Is tapes? I, I mean, <laughs> I think
2: it's an interesting idea. I still am vehemently one hundred percent against leagues, completely. Of course. And and uh, and the idea of like a bunch of smaller tournaments, I don't hate, but I also I'm a I I don't love it because I'm such a huge proponent of the game just being. Uh, friendly games with oh pals. of course and like, I want to
0: play casual games yeah. and I want to do I want to do more we want to do more streams where we just get six players together that we think have interesting dynamics and we yeah. just want to make them play like there's mm-hmm. there are numerous different ways to get the content
2: we want to get right and, but and there are, in terms of this competitive like thing you, that's kind of spat out some cool ideas for. for how little tournaments could work and, and I think that those might be fun but like I don't want I don't think that TI when you really get down to it I don't think it's a good competitive game I, I just think yeah. that well, that's there a, are... That's also...
1: Is that, that's also uh, I mean, that
0: does have to be the final takeaway of this whole episode and this whole arc yeah. is, like, it's all for naught, right? I mean, yeah, like it, the idea of tournaments in Twilight Imperium is not quite what the game is developed It's not. Yeah, like
2: that, it just isn't. And...
0: It is and fun, and I, I'll never say it's not fun, but it's not where the core mindset of the game I'm
1: gonna is. I'm going to differ a little bit because sure. what, what we did in... The end result of what we did was... That we had six players, and it was it was the best game of Twilight Imperium I've ever seen. Like, I mean, oh, I'd, that's
0: the I think that's a great point. Is it's worth it to make to go through this process because you get games that are like nothing else you can ever see. Right. Um. But, so but there's, does, there's a does place does TI
1: have the the tightness of esports? No.
2: One hundred percent. No. Yeah. yeah definitely,
1: definitely not. not. Yeah. Definitely not. But I still think that I. I still think there is a world where this is the beginning. This is the, the first yes. thing of a series of things. Here's, here's of what I want to call
0: it. Here's what I want to call it. It's not leagues. It's not leagues. It's not tournaments. But there is a world for organized play, right? Organized yeah. play is a thing that people want, and, and that's what everyone's craving, is organized play. More than just these weird casual pickup games where you never know what you're getting. That's a, what people want is a clear set of rules that we're all following and we all understand and we're, we're going about with the same intents moving forward that's what people want yeah it doesn't the the context of is it a league or what's the structure of the tournament that's not the important part the important part is is it an organized setting that i'm playing this in that's Mm -hmm. what people want
1: Mm -hmm. well
0: that's it wow let's let's get out of here uh i i think um i'm excited about exploring this territory going forward but i think it is exploration i don't think there's any set um thing we have in mind going forward. I think we're just gonna start trying to do If
1: someone's listening to this episode right now and feeling a little bit like oh like I don't I feel like this like I think there are a lot of people that really enjoyed this tournament. And I think Yeah. I I, what I want them to take away from this is that that we're not done. That's all I'm trying to get out of this. Is like this is this is not done. This is not over. But also we're not done I would not expect it to be the same next time you see it.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna take all the feedback and things we learned, and we're gonna we're gonna try it again and do do something different. Right. Uh, and if you want to see us do that. You can (laughs) follow us on Twitter at SpaceCatsPod. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Serials. You can rate us, please, if you've enjoyed this tournament, if you've enjoyed this process with us. Uh, Rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can also find our posts on the Twilight Imperium subreddit, uh, along with a lot of other really good posts and discussion. You can also Uh,
1: comment on the YouTube videos and say something nice, you know? (laughs) I feel like we've kind of... It's kind you of like- been a, a, a disproportionate <laughs> amount of criticism versus like people being like, oh, I like this. Or hashtag yeah. nailed it is pretty yeah. nice.
0: Hashtag nailed it. I miss hashtag nailed it. Bring my hashtag nailed it. Uh, you can also become a part of our patreon uh and this is where you can gain benefits that help contribute to the show and produce different episodes of the show we've got a galactic council episode coming up uh so if you want to get it in on that the voting is almost closed i don't know we always run those it's not like it's very structured but at some point that voting is going to close uh so get in on that uh, you can also join our Discord uh, and get a bunch of those Patreon benefits. Hey, you can follow uh, our friend here, Alec, at twitch.tv slash root711. Uh, and you can catch him streaming
2: lots of games. How often do you stream these days? Rick? Uh, it's fairly often, it, it feels it's like. It's been like a couple days a week for the past few weeks. Yeah, um, And I, I, I will say <laughs> that if anyone is aching for a new fun game to watch, the last video that should be on my, my Twitch uh, page, the game that I played just a couple days ago, is a banger. Definitely, definitely check it out. It was pretty fun. Cool. With a great idea. Uh,
0: And uh, I want to throw some shout-outs to some space kitties. I want to thank Kraken, Billy, T.G. Welch, Yin for Life, Patience is a Virtue, Dursta, Naderade, and Jim Bob.
1: Yeah. Also, I want to say real quick, I'm a comedian, and you can catch me at Earthquake Hurricane every Thursday 8 p.m. at Ford Food and Drink. You can also, um, I kind of want to throw this out there. I have, I've been kind of light on talking about shows, um, but on May 11th, um, I'm going to be doing the monthly show that I do uh, called Comedy Bender uh, at The Lamp, which is attached to the Aladdin Theater. It's a brunch show. It starts at like noon. Um, what's special about it this time is uh, my normal co-host, uh, Jake Silberman, uh, is actually going to be out of town, so I'm having my friend uh, Steven Wilber... Who, if you if you were like the one person that watched a stream on the Space Cats Twitch <laughs> like a while back, you'll remember him as the other guy. Um, he's a very very nerdy comic, somebody that I feel like a lot of uh, Space Cats people could yeah. kind of get behind and be excited about. And who knows, maybe you'll see him uh, on the show in, in the, the future. future. I'll put that out as a little teaser. Yep. Um, he might have a role to play here, even though he has no knows nothing about twilight Imperium. Hmm. What could For I mean sure. by that? Who knows? What Who could knows? that mean? Also? Uh, and- oh, wait, I also want to put this out of there. You can follow me, uh, on Instagram at hungry Hunty. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to get better about that. Uh, okay. I take pictures of plates of food after I've eaten them. <laughs> so check that out. It's fun. Uh, and also I want to try and get better at Twitter. So my Twitter handle is hun Bunsen, If you want to follow me, H U N B U N S O N.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so that's it. This is the end of, of, like, an era. And,
1: uh, I think we're on the road. Man, I feel weird. Like, I, like, don't even want to get out of this episode because I feel a little bit like... You know when you were a kid and, like... Your friend would come visit you that you didn't feel like <laughs> get to see yeah, I, that often, yeah. and then like they leave. Like this feels yeah. weird. I'd like to yeah.
2: to say thanks for having me on the show several times and letting me help you out guys out with the uh, tournament. It's been a huge blast. To be oh well, of
1: I want to counter that real quick with a thank you for the ridiculous amount of work yeah. that you came and you volunteered yourself and <laughs> to do for this project and for yeah. the show. right like it should
0: be. It should be noted, like you you just came to us and you were like, you guys are doing the tournament. I've been streaming a little bit. I really want to do all of it. I want to do all. I want to do the whole tournament. (laughs) And it was like, oh, all right. Yeah, you can do that because I definitely don't want to do that. And
1: yeah. And we didn't even know how we were going to do it. We were like, well, I don't. I mean, I think without you, uh, it would have been. Oh, my God. I don't know what it would have been like. It would have been very rough.
0: So yeah, I'm I'm excited. We're officially on the road to Gen Con. I think this is this is all you know normal Speedcat stuff. But we're gonna Spacecat. What did I just say? Spacecats. <laughs> Spacecats. <cat, laughs> space space uh, we're we are on the road to Gen Con. Roots gonna be with us at Gen Con. Uh, and and I can't wait. And I know here in a few weeks. Uh, the so the the event signups for Gen Con are coming up uh, in mid May. Uh, so we're definitely going to have uh, Old Knob Daddy. Blarknab's going to be on the show Blarknab. before uh, May 19th. That's the day. So we're, we're going to start gearing up for that. Before ni- May 19th, we're going to have another interview with Blarknab to talk about the Gen Con tournament and what's going to be going on there. And we're going to start building hype for that. Uh, I do know I want to already throw this out there because I think there's been a number of questions. This year at Gen Con, there's definitely going to be a bunch of casual games as well as the tournament games uh, because what's always happened at Gen Con in the, the past is... People just want to play TI, and so they jump on the only TI game that's being hosted there, which is the tournament. And it's not always the right space for them. And so uh, I know and his team are hoping that splitting them up means we get even better competitive play. So I want to encourage you, if you're going to be at Gen Con, consider either option. If you think of yourself as someone who really wants to get on the tournament, don't at all think you don't have a place to be in that tournament. You should You should just sign up for it. But if you're just hoping to play some nice, fun, casual games definitely get in on those other ones, and I know that we want to play at least one game while we're at Gen Con. We we have to. to. We have to. We have to. We didn't get to do it last year, and we have to play at least one game. So we we will definitely be be seeking one game at Gen Con. But there's going to be so much more of that talk later uh, for now. Hold up. One thing Uh, real quick. Uh, Space
1: space kitties. Any space kitties that are going to be at Gen Con. Hit I'm gonna extend that up. to Goodyear yeah, Good yeah. Brotherhood
0: as well. Goodion Brotherhood and Space Kitties, we definitely oh, want to well, do some sort of for, game for
1: different for different reasons. I would have thrown oh that out oh there. Yeah, for, yeah yeah for yeah. Space Kitties, uh, if there are any Space Kitties that are going to be at Gen Con and would like to do an episode while we are all literally in the same spot, uh, we have already had somebody ever. reach out about that. Um, yeah. And I, I I feel like last Gen Con we were frankly overwhelmed and we oh man yeah way too much work on ourselves to do and it made no sense basically at all (laughs) but this time uh we kind of know what we want going into it uh and i think it's going to be a lot smoother of a thing meaning that me and matt and rue and the whole team in general will, will be a lot more available to do things with you guys, so so, yes. I, and it's not even about. I, I mentioned the Space Kitties just because they are co-producers of the show and yeah. can get in their episodes in a really interesting way while we're all in the same place. But also, right. just really anybody that is into the show. If you're going yeah. to Gen Con, there's no reason not to let us know. Yeah,
0: we we did this last year and it didn't it didn't go super great, but I really want to um on our Discord. I want to start flagging people who are definitely going to Gen Con so that we can do meetups and stuff like that through the Discord. So please hit us up on the discord if you are going to be at Gen Con and we'll add a little kind of roll. it's not going to be like highlighted on your whole thing but we'll we'll be able to track everybody down later on when we when we're there at Gen Con and we can do meetups and stuff i definitely want to do that and we'll have to start putting that work in now as we as people are getting their tickets and everything mhm and that's it
1: that's it i think that's it
2: i think that might be it that's a good we one just did it. i think we uh that's a good one <laughs> i think we nailed it
1: i think we did nail it I think, uh, I think we're nailing it now. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like trails off, kind of kind of ending, just kind of limp ending at the end, where we're just kind of like, oh, I guess we're not recording anymore.
0: Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com.
2: Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.